chaos is everywhere. Yo. Alrighty. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to Chaos the Foul Frontier. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist, and that guy over there is uh, Mr. Artie Vice. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it. What? And today we're going to be watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season 2, Episode 8, Necessary Evil, uh, which premiered on November 14th, 1993. So, there we go. That's all the stuff I normally do. How you doing, buddy? This- I'm doing fine. So is this basically a documentary about you? Pretty much. I mean, it's it's pretty close. It's, it's, you know, film noir meets, you know, war documentary. It's a lot of stuff. So we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, I think we can just start the episode and we can start talking about it as we go. Uh, are you at zero ready to go? I am at... No. Okay. No. Sorry, I... I did start off like right out of the gates because I just took a nap, so I'm ready to go. Here we go. God damn it. I'm yeah. All right, now I'm ready. Okay. So we're gonna hit play in three, two, one, play. Geronimo. Starts off with Thunder Kraken. And a blonde. As all good detective stories do. Yep. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. Yeah, this one's a very um this is not like a little. This is very, like I said, film noir. It's very much a, you know, who done it detective story in the best possible way. Really quick, while these are, um, while this is getting going, uh, do you like nerds at all? Or like, have you ever had nerds rope? Yeah, I've had nerds rope. It's not my favorite, but I've had it before. Okay, because they have nerd like gummy clusters now, uh-huh. which are like little nerd rope balls. They're right. pretty awesome. I'll keep it in mind. Uh, Jen actually loves nerd rope, so I'll have to keep that in mind when we're looking for stuff. Yeah, these are pretty great. Nerd rope, as just for anybody that doesn't know, is actually a very convenient way to get some edible. You know, edibles. Wing, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that doesn't appeal to you, but anybody that does appeal to, that's just a little recommendation from me to you. So, of course, any story that's going to be a detective story is going to start with Cork being shady as fuck. Yep. As is tradition. Yep. So, basically, just to give everybody a rundown what's happening, this um, blonde, who's not unattractive, is telling Cork to, uh, that she needs her help getting something that she left behind on Deep Space Nine. And that's basically what the whole episode's going to be about. Mm-hmm. And Thunder Rose. Actually, I just realized that's a very um, 
much more innate earring than you usually see in Bajorans. It's like a weird Christmas spiral type thing. Oh, I think that's why everybody listens to these episodes. It's just that right there. Yeah, I hope so. So, I I have to I have to say this just because it to me it's like this is a really good episode, but I, I was really surprised to read this, and this might be overselling it to everybody, but I have to tell everybody about this. So apparently, some of the people that worked on this on the show on Deep Space Nine said that this was a near perfect episode. <laughs> okay. So I I'm not like I'm not saying that they're wrong that it's not a great episode because it is. I'm just saying that that's the level some people came at this episode with. So you'll have to judge for yourself if it gets there. I feel like it might be a little bit of a misnomer just because that uh, Chief O'Brien is not in this episode at all. Uh, so I don't know if that's possible, really, to be a perfect episode without Chief O'Brien. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> As we all know I love Chief O'Brien. Yes, we all know how you feel about the great Chief O'Brien. Oh. <laughs> uh. I really like. It's not just the character. I anything that that guy is in, I will watch. Like I get you. If I see him in something, like I started watching. Did you ever hear or watch the show Hell on Wheels on A and E? No. It's a it's it's a really fun show. It's right after the Civil War. And it's basically all about building the Union uh, Pacific Railroad. But the only reason I watch it is because um, the guy who plays Chief O'Brien's like the main bad guy for the first few seasons. Oh, cool. Yeah. Start it. So this is the uh, first time we ever see Odo, actually the only time we ever see Odo doing a full, like, uh, log, like, you know, like Captain Sisko does. Hmm. I think it mentioned that there was another episode where we see him do what he thinks is going to be his final log later on for a lot of reasons which I won't get into um, right. but, but this is the only time he does the like this whole narration thing that you see in a lot of other episodes for a lot of other people <laughs> I just you gotta love his, how brief he is everything's under control end of log I mean, he's probably not wrong. This is actually, I'll let, and again, I'll let you judge how much it comes over, but this is actually where we got get to see a little bit of Rom um, usefulness. He's, this is where we see, this episode is where we see that he's not as dumb as we think he is. He's still dumb and naive, but he's not as dumb as we thought he was. That's what I should say. Wow. 
in Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. See? Wow, four seconds. Yep. And I won't like because I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I will say, yeah, this is that's going to be the thing. Is he's going to start? You're going to start seeing him become much better with machines as he goes on. Yeah. yeah. By the way, um, this has nothing to do with the show, but if anybody hears my cat meowing in the background, I'm sorry. He's been a real asshole lately. Like, woke us all up at 2.30 because he couldn't get into uh, Jen's room. So, yeah. <laughs> that happens every once in a while. Yeah, so if you just, because he's also loud, so if you hear him in the background, sorry, I, I can, I'll do what I can, but there's not much I can do to stop him. And was Latin involved with that? Quark wasn't such a piece of shit. Maybe his brother wouldn't have to do all these things to just do his normal job. <laughs> By the way, it's actually really um, hilarious that the episode, or the one thing that Quark was going to do is deliver that box, but the first thing he does, because he's Quark and everyone should know this, is open it up so he you know, reads what's on the paper. Yep. Because how long can you trust Quark? About five seconds. That seems about five seconds too long. Yeah, pretty much. Uh oh. No, good thing he's here then. It's that sinister looking fella from the planet earlier. Yep. Quark, no! Although I will say for Quark, that's a lot more courage than you would expect. Hmm, I wonder how they bring him back. Star Trek medicine, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He literally got shot like five feet away from the infirmary. I think that's how he lives. (laughs) I love Odo. He says he doesn't know, but he knows. He knows. Watch his ears. 
You're going to get all this shit. <laughs> Another great rule of acquisitions. <laughs> I like that. I am too as stupid as I look. Uh, I don't think I need to anybody uh, point this out to anybody that knows anything about cop shows, but Cisco and Odo are clearly doing good cop, bad cop. <laughs> ah, good cop, bad cop. Yep, right there. The only thing that they don't do is literally Odo trying to punch him and like Cisco being like, yeah. I can't hold it back anymore, Rob. So inside the box, because I think this is the first time I mentioned it, it's a list of eight names. Chemist shop. Oh, I think he already knows. Oh no, there's a lot going on here. So, this is the first episode, I think I mentioned this last week, this is the first episode where we flash back to um, Deep Space Nine when it was under Cardassian rule. Yeah. And we're going to hear a lot about, this is basically Odo's origin story. Cassian Nectric. Hmm. That's interesting. So he like how is he cool with Kira? That this is a this episode sort of shows you. Yeah, the but um basically it's because Odo is always fair. Like even when he works with the Cardassians, he didn't care about what the Cardassians wanted him to do. If somebody wasn't mm. guilty, he wouldn't, like, you know, frame them. Gotcha. So that's, yeah, everybody respects him for that. And this episode, and there's another episode that really dives into that, which I'm going to talk about more at the end, because there's some stuff that really irks me. 
that I never thought about before this. Also shows that Gal, uh, Gal Dukat was actually a very good judge character. Yeah. Yeah, this is basically how he started being an inspector. And from what I'm seeing, it basically looks like because Gal Dukat said that he, he suspected he'd be good at it. And he was right. Yeah. Don't push me. Another great sign of how just benevolent the Cardassian rule was on Bajor. For anybody not watching along, Galtukat says his superiors want him to solve this murder by ra randomly picking 10 Bajorans and executing them in public. One more petty dispute. It's just murder. Oh. Right? Nothing crazy. It's not like anybody important got murdered. It's just a Bajoran guy. Yeah, right? Hey, wait a minute. I... I like, because I never really watched the earring before. I find it really funny that in the past she had like the one ball in her earring instead of like the three crazy hoops showing that she doesn't have as much money. So I'm not, I want to talk about this just because it's cut out. So it's not going to affect the plot, but it is a really interesting idea that I never knew. Um, apparently, there was a deleted scene where we see this woman, who is the wife of the murder victim, come out of a room with Gal Dukat, and Dukat kisses her, showing that they were like having an affair. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have obviously, there's going to be other suspects, but which would have obviously made Dukat bigger suspect, you know, just add another suspect, but they cut it out for some reason. Hmm. So she arrived. That whore. Yeah, right? Ugh. Stop looking at my epidermis. Mm. 
Yeah, let's move on. So, I actually I think this is kind of cool because the reason that they like shot this like this, like with the lighting being different and all that is because obviously they're playing off of the film noir style, you know, back in like the 40s, those old gangster movies. Yeah. Later on, they explain it because they come back to Cardassian times a bunch of times. Later on, they explain it because Cardassians don't like bright light and they always keep stuff warmer. So that's why it looks different. It's not just a style choice. It's a That's what Cardassians prefer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, the big reveal right there was that the woman that uh, the murder victim's wife pointed out was Kira in the past. Yeah. Which I feel like, <laughs> since we only know one visual woman really well, it's, it was a pretty good bet who it was going to be. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. After her pointing out Kira, I can't help but automatically believe the wife's line. That is, yeah, that's, that's basically where you're going. I think that's like, because I really do, this episode's good. It's very good for a 45-minute mystery episode. But I always have trouble with um, shows doing this because, like, there's always so many suspects you can give us in 45 minutes. It makes a mystery hard to do. Yeah. But I think they actually do a pretty decent job. Relax for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) My God. Ferengi family bonds. Right? They're not alive by artificial means. He wouldn't want that. No, he's staying alive on his own. (laughs) Typical. Rom is much more devious than you would think he is. Because this is like the yeah. third time at this point in Deep Space Nine that he's actually tried to kill his brother or wanted him dead. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, it's better than most people. Like, that's a real, real thing, I guess, that they, they try to do is recover memories.
Ow. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> what did you do to yourself that made you you so sad? I like cracked my ankle or uh, something. That's actually I never even thought about like I just never put that together. That's a really cool juxtaposition they just did where in the present we just saw two kids running around playing and in the past we see them basically in a concentration camp. <laughs> yeah. Just a nice visual thing that I wanted to point out because like, oh, why did I never think about that before? Their whip. I wonder how often that works for real cops. I bet you. I bet you. She told you I killed him. Did you? No. As I know from real life, somebody's like, <laughs> "Yes, I mean, no." Damn it. Yeah, something to think about. Like, why I decided to cut all my hair off. They, I don't think they ever mentioned it, but my guess would be is, like, back then you couldn't get your hair cut because, you know, the war. So after the war was over, she's like, yeah. well, fuck it. I'm going to cut my hair really short because I never could before. Yeah, no, that'd be my guess. Mm. <laughs> I appreciate your restraint this time. And that timeline wise is the first time somebody called him constable. Hmm.
Yeah, someone. Someone. He has to suspect. Also, she changed her hair color, apparently. Oh, and I want to point this out because that is a really nice homage. She just did a Columbo. Um, where he was about to leave and he just came back in. Oh, one more thing. Uh-huh. Well, it was Bichesso. Oh, damn it. I'm really, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see the end of of this episode because, as far as my mind is understanding it, like he should understand if, if whatever happened with him and Kira, to where like he he was able to find out she didn't uh-huh. really do it, you would think that would mean that like he it would understand the wife was lying right. or something, which would tell me that she would be on bad terms with him, and yet for some reason he's not acting like it, at all. Yeah, no, it's a like you. It's a very good episode, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. We just have to see how it plays out. But it's very well written, actually. Because I think the ending will surprise you. Hmm. It was actually Odo the whole time. He killed everyone. I mean, he's basically a serial killer. Oh, that actually would be really cool if he was a serial killer. (laughs) But no, that's not it. Apparently that guy on the pad is uh, one of the production people. Just that's another little tidbit I learned. Huh. Well, what the hell? I mean, Kit, this guy just randomly drowns. That's so weird. It seemed to have done well in the application. Yeah, right? (laughs) Very reasonable questions. Right? (laughs) 
Yeah, that might have something to do with it. I mean, technically you are. Yeah, but he doesn't want to think you. Like, I'm not here for him. It's like, no, you kind of are. I mean, he just doesn't want to think of it that way. Yeah. By the way, they never explain what the hell the Cardassian neck trick is. They really don't. It could be, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I didn't see it in the research. I'm wondering if it's just as simple as, like, he can make his neck look like Cardassian's neck. And they were all just very impressed by that. Ooh. No, you. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. It's also very likely untrue. Okay. Thank God. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but it helps also explain why Kira so much hates Quark. Well, dear God, as much as I love you, you are just a pompous dirtbag. <laughs> right? I really, without getting too much into it, I really do love him as a character. As we go on, just the amount of mental gymnastics that we get to see him go through about how the Bajorans misunderstood everything he was trying to do. It's just, it's amazing. Like, I really think it's some of the best stuff about the show, whole show. Ugh. Quark is not his best friend, damn it. No. I mean... Kind of. He doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but no. Kind of, I don't know if no. it was in an earlier episode that we've already seen, or I think it's in a later episode, where uh, Quark says to somebody that he's the closest thing Odo has to a best friend, which is an enemy. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, right? 
Looks like I'm gonna have to kill me a shapeshifter. A racial memory from my species. It's really the only clue why I had to what kind of people yeah. they are. Are these kinds of thoughts appropriate for a Starfleet log? I don't care. <laughs> It'd be really funny if everybody had to do it like uh, Shatner. Dude, I, oh, that'd be amazing. Justice as the humans, what you say, is blind. So that actually turns out to be true. And I guess because it's an alien, it's like there's no reason that it couldn't be. But that is actually a really weird concept that he thinks is um, want for justice has to be something to do with his species. Like I said, turns out to be true because, you know, Star Trek, but it's also like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. It's like if I never met anybody in my family, I was like, I love cheeseburgers. My family must love cheeseburgers. Not quite the same thing, but you get my point. Uh-oh. What were you doing up there? <laughs> oh, snap. Subnucleonic. Yeah, whatever that means. I wonder if it's supposed to mean like below nuclear. It's probably just the word they made up. I'm just I was curious if that's what it's supposed to mean. Yeah, is that her? No, she didn't kill him. this actually explains it because I just realized how um, kind of a plot hole it is that he doesn't ever, obviously he's still chasing, he doesn't ever solve this first mystery, but the Cardassians obviously keep him on. Yeah. I'm assuming they explain it because they're actually very good writers, but maybe they just leave it at that. I don't know. Oh no! Not Fred! Security guy! 
right? I mean, okay, never mind. There you go, Quark. Breathe in deep. While I'm fighting heroically. Yeah, right? Thank goodness. I'm your hero. <laughs> Don't be too excited, Ron. <laughs> and because Quirk smiles, we know everything's going to be all right. Yep. Boom. Boom again. Boom two times. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Oh, we're getting, I don't want to over-talk this, but I just want to point out something that we might miss. The eight names were all collaborators. They worked for the Cardassians. Oh, so yep. she did kill him. Of course. Ah, <clears throat> oh, no. Makes sense. Yep. So for anybody now watching along, you want to know what the mystery was. 
Um, Cure was sent there to find the list so that they could stop the collaborators. Um, Varric walked in when she was looking for the list and she killed him. So, and obviously it's a very big deal because their whole relationship is based on the fact that Odo, you know, trusted her and she said she didn't do it. Yeah. Well, it has. Denny shoots her. Yeah, right, right, right. That's how this is ending. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> Sorry, part of me is just like wants him to say, but I want you to remember this in case some other shit comes up later. I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> say no. Say no. I swear to God, you better say well, no. They don't. But they let you, you know, decide what happens next because it's going to go to black. Yeah. Oh, okay. I hope he said no. Like I understand, but like, so come on. Like how, realistically, how does that not affect so, your okay. trust in somebody? There, uh, without telling you what the circumstances are, because like I said, I never thought about this, and it's like three seasons away, so they're far enough apart that it doesn't really connect. They're there's an episode later uh-huh. on where we flash back again to the Cardassian days where Odo makes a very big mistake. Um, oh. And Kira, well, like, and Kira doesn't realize that he made the mistake. And, like, what really gets like, so at this moment, just knowing that backstory, it's like maybe that's why he chose to forgive her because, like, he knows that this other thing that he did that was wrong. Um, so what, what gets oh, okay. me a little bit, and we'll, when we get to the episode, I'll hopefully remember this. Um, she doesn't really let him off the hook in the same way, or there isn't an ambiguity. It's more like a "how could you?" And I'm like, now that I know, now that I realize these episodes are kind of companions, I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean "how could you"? What the fuck are you talking about? You murdered somebody. Yeah, honestly, knowing her person, like seeing her personality <laughs> so far. From this show, I'm not surprised yeah. even in the slightest. Uh, that's interesting. And like I said, we'll get to that episode in like season five. So like, it'll be a while. But it's a good one too. Like I really, 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 really <laughs> do not like her. Um all right, so yeah, that was that episode. What did you think of the episode overall? It was good. Um I gotta say, I I was surprised. I was not expecting the uh I was not expecting here yeah. to actually be the one to kill him. So that no, this is one of those me. episodes that's so well written that if I step away from Deep Space Nine long enough and I just like I don't think about the episode I'm watching, I will forget because so well written Akira is the guilty one. I'll be like, oh yeah, she killed him because it's that good. But yep. um, yeah, so next week we're on to episode nine, believe it or not, because we just did eight, <laughs> and uh, this one is called Second Sight. It's kind of a weirder episode. Um, the description is on the fourth anniversary of his wife's death. Cisco takes a melancholy late night stroll along the promenade. That's literally all it tells you. Um, I mean, it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really affect anything. But he basically meets uh, a new woman. So I won't tell you more about it because there's there's a lot more complication to it than that. But he meets a new woman on that stroll. And it's like the first. Well, but um, yeah, no. So it's like the first time we start seeing Cisco try and be romantic, 
in the entire series. Eh. Ugh, no Anywho, um, yeah, so I would like, let's see, what should I do? Well, I can talk about Wednesday's show because we're going to we're going to record the episode. I'm very excited about um, the death match between Antonio Noki and Masahito. Uh, I have kind of a big day planned for myself because I have to do some research because I want to give a sort of a at least an overview of the overall rivalry between the two, and that's not something I really know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I'll see if I can find like a just a basic breakdown to give you guys because I know of the names as far as them being rivals. I don't know actually how it all played out. So, um, right. So yeah. Uh, so I'd like to say thanks to Eric Bowman for a theme song. Follow the show at Chaos Pod Show on Twitter. Uh, you can at this point you can look and see at least two bios. Both DJ Madman and myself put up a tweet that's just a bio for ourselves to sort of explain who we are a little bit. Um, I told you to I told you about this today, so at some point you're probably gonna get one from Mr. R Device too. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, other than that, I think we're pretty much good for tonight. Um, ch- please check in with us on Wednesday because we're gonna have some AEW corner to go over because <laughs> I got a little AEW crazy last week and I watched not only. Dark Elevation, I watched Dark, and I watched Dynamite. So lots of stuff that I watched. So hopefully that doesn't turn into like half the show. But it, it might. Uh, yeah, do you have anything else you want to add before we go? Kick it in the stick. None of those words made any sense, but I'll give it to you. All right, All right everybody, have a good night, yep. and we'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>